Cathedral of Faith. It is 2020. Can you believe it? Every, everybody stand with me, please. Oh, it's so great to see everyone, all those who are here on campus, wherever you're at, those watching online. Well, God is good. And all the time. It is 2020. And, and the big word for 2020, you heard it from Dr. Wayne, is courageous. I believe with all my heart that God has some amazing things he wants to do in your life in 2020. But it takes courage. And God's calling us to have courage, to show courage. Where is the one area God is wanting you to be courageous? In fact, we've created for this year a Cathedral of Faith banner, our own flag, that we're going to fly around the campus. In fact, we're in the process of getting these little flags made that you can take one with you wherever you go. And the flag, well, you see a lion that's on the flag, and that lion is known as the rampant uh, lion. But, to, but originally when it was drawn, scholars believed that it was called the lion of bravery. And so that's why we put a lion on the flag here at Cathedral of Faith. Because we serve at the Cathedral of Faith, the great lion, his name is Jesus Christ. Amen. In Revelation, he's called the Lion of Judah. And that lion is with us and for us and in us. And so that's why we don't have to live cowardly. Instead, we can live courageously. Cathedral of Faith 2020 is our year of courage. Are you ready to roar? Amen. We're ready to roar. In fact, uh, I invite you to read this. This is sort of a theme verse for the year. Everybody read it with me. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Can we give God praise one more time? Amen. In advance. It's so great to see everybody. Father, thank you so much for this new year, a new dawn, a new day, a new season for us. And Lord, thank you for this wonderful family here at Cathedral. Guests, friends that are here, those watching online wherever they're out on campus, I pray your blessing upon them. Lord, I pray that you would breathe on your people today. Help us to hear the one thing we need to hear. Let all of us leave this place inspired, having courage rise up in our hearts. There's a lion on the inside of us that's waiting to get out, and we're ready to roar this year. In Jesus' name, for Jesus' glory, all God's people said, amen. amen. One more time, let's give God praise. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm ready to roar. Say that with me. I'm ready to roar. And so before you're seated, I invite you to look at somebody and tell them, this is our roaring 20s. Go ahead and do that here at Cathedral of Faith. Yes, this is our year to roar. Now, when it comes to courage, it seems to me that 
even better than offering a, a dictionary definition, we can get our arms around courage by seeing a picture. For example, I, I saw this one picture of a cat, and you can see it up on the screens, and there he is. And the headline was Courage. That's a, one cool cat, one courageous cat. See, a picture helps you to get your arms around what courage really looks like. And that's why for the next few weeks, I'd like to look at one of the most courageous people that you find in the entire Bible. His name is Daniel. In fact, I invite you to turn with me, if you have your Bibles, to Daniel chapter 1. And if you've never read the book of Daniel, talk about an adventure. You have throw-down fitness challenges. You have mysterious hands writing on the wall. You have insane kings that are roaming the fields like beasts. You have, well, you have fiery furnaces that will not burn. You have deep state plots and intrigue, and you have the mouths of lions being shut, and you have prisoners of war that take power in the palace. Let me tell you, Netflix has nothing on the book of Daniel. Amen. And this isn't based on a true story. This is a true story. Every word of it. And as we walk our way through the book of Daniel, we begin with Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. And it says this about Daniel, and this is our big idea for the weekend. It says, Daniel made up his mind not to eat the food and wine given to them by the king. Daniel made up his mind. I've made up my mind. Say that with me. I've made up my mind. For the next few moments, I want to talk to you about the power of having a made-up mind. I've made up my mind. Every year, I like to try to take on something new in an attempt to help keep me young, at least young at heart. And let me show you the new thing I'm going to try this year with some help from our tech team. They can help me out. How about a big hand for our tech team? They do such a great job. And this year, I'm going to, well, there's a sail and there's a surfboard. It's called windsurfing. I've never done this, but I'm going to try it this year. I'm not going to do it in the winter. I'm going to do it in the summer. And what you do, as best as I understand it, you climb onto the board, and you grab onto the bar, and you adjust the sail. It's, it's really an amazing thing. I, I don't know that much about the way it works yet, but from what I understand... It's, it's not the direction of the wind that matters most in determining which way you go. The wind can be blowing at you, and you can use that same wind to go this way, or you can use the wind to go that way. It's not the direction of the wind that matters most, it's how you angle the sail that determines your direction. And I was thinking, how true that is in life. It's not 
the wind that matters most, it's how you set the sail that determines your direction. You've seen that just like I have. You can take two people, put them in the same situation, same set of circumstances. One goes this way, one goes that way. You can take two kids, you know, they grow up with the same parents, they receive the same love, they receive the same discipline, one goes this way, one goes that way, anybody know what I'm talking about? You can take two people, you can give them the same job, they can have the same supervisor, the same responsibilities, and at that job, one goes this way, one goes that way, you can take Two people in almost 39 years of pastoring. I've seen people experience tremendous suffering. You know, the loss of a, of a job or the loss of their health or the loss of their loved one or the loss of a marriage. Two people in the same suffering. One goes this way and one goes that way. And here's what I've learned. It's not the wind that matters most. It's how you set the sail. That is what determines your direction in life. It really is. And that is the power of the made-up mind. A made-up mind is the way that we set the sail. That the winds may blow. We're going to use those winds to take us forward. That's what Daniel does. It's really an amazing story. Daniel has his world turned upside down. His nation is conquered by a foreign power. He's taken as a prisoner of war from Jerusalem to Babylon. He's made to serve a pagan king. He's in an environment that's hostile to his God, hostile to his faith, and he will be in Babylon for the rest of his life. Think about that. He wanted to be in Jerusalem, but he will be in Babylon for the rest of his life, and yet even in the midst of Of those terrible winds, Daniel determines, I've made up my mind. I am the one who's going to set the sail. This is not going to send me back. Instead, this is going to sail me forward to take hold of God's purpose for me wherever I'm at. Amen? And I want you to own that today. Own it for you. Because I don't know, I really don't, I wish I do, but I don't know what kind of winds you're going to face in 2020. Are they going to be favorable or are they going to be unfavorable? Are they, is the wind going to be behind you or is the wind going to be against you? I don't know what kind of wind we're going to face, but here's what I do know. By the grace of God, we can determine which way that wind will take us. Or the wind may blow, but we're going to determine the wind is not going to set us back. The wind is going to send us forward to take hold of God's purpose and God's future for us in 2020. Can we give God praise? Amen. I am going to set the sail by the help of God. I've made up my mind. Say that with me. I've made up my mind. The wind's not going to send me back. It's going to sail me forward. 
I've made up my mind by the grace of God. That's the power of a made-up mind. As we follow Daniel, we find that he had made up his mind when it comes to convictions. When it comes to convictions. There was a, a book that came out several years ago called The Day America Told the Truth. And in the book, they asked questions. They asked one question that said, asked people, what would you do for $10 million? And here's some of the answers and percentages they found. They said 25% of people said they would abandon their entire family for $10 million. Uh, 23% said they'd become prostitutes for a week for $10 million. 16% said they would renounce their citizenship for $10 million. 7% said they would kill a stranger. Can you believe that? I would never do that to a stranger. Maybe my little brother, but never a stranger. Amen. I love my little brother. Let me ask you a question. What line would you not cross even if they offered you $10 million? That right there is the difference between a preference and a conviction. A preference is when I have a line, I won't cross that line unless it's for the right price. For example, you know I'm a hardcore Raider fan, right? But if someone wants to give $10 million as a donation to the church, Niners, right? It's a hostile crowd. So, I mean, it's a preference. It's a strong preference, but it's still a preference. However, there are certain lines that I won't cross even for $10 million. What do those lines look like for you? That's what we see happening in the story of Daniel. Now, Daniel is taken as a prisoner of war, but he's not put into a prison camp. Instead, he's put into what you could call a Babylonian training camp. What the king would do, he would pick out the best, the most beautiful, the most handsome, the brawniest, you know, the brightest of all the prisoners. I don't think I'd make that cut. He would <laughs> take them and he would pick them and he would put them into this special camp to train them to come work for him in some kind of capacity in the future. And Daniel makes the cut. And most of the things in this three-year training camp, he goes along with. And they change his name. They change his name. And Daniel says, that's all right. I know who I am. You can change my name. And then they want him to learn their language. And he says, that's all right. I've always wanted to be bilingual. And then they want him to go to their universities, and he said, I'm all good with that. I, I've always wanted a good education. So a lot of things about that camp he goes along with, but there's one thing about the camp 
That's a no-go for him. And it has to do with diet. Now, that might seem strange to us, but it wasn't to Daniel. For Daniel, whether the diet, because it wasn't kosher, or whether the diet, because the king's food was offered to idols, we're not sure why that's a conviction for Daniel, but we do know that Daniel said, that is a line I cannot cross. It's not a preference. It's a conviction. And that's why we read, we read in Daniel chapter 1, Daniel made up his mind not to eat the food and the wine given to them by the king. He has the courage to stand by his convictions. What are those lines that you would not cross as we move into this new year? Even for $10 million, I was thinking how how much this entire month really is about biblical convictions. Next week, we celebrate the life of Dr. Martin Luther King. Can we give God praise for that amazing man and the message he stood for? And we remember the principle that comes out of the Bible, that every person is created in the image of God, Black and white, we are all made in the image of God. Can we give God praise? Amen. All of us are made in the image of God. Then the week after that is Sanctity of Life weekend. And that's the weekend we remember the biblical principle that every life has dignity. Every life has value inside the womb and outside the womb. Can somebody say amen to that? Every human life matters. And then all this month, nationally, it's, well, a trafficking, human trafficking awareness month. And again, there's a biblical principle that drives the big idea that every person, every person is loved by God. And no human being is made to be enslaved and abused, but human beings are created to be free and to truly love. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. Those aren't preferences. Those are convictions we have. And our convictions come out of this book. And the reason why this matters so much is because I can guarantee you one wind you're going to face, when you leave this place today, you're going to face it. Every day when you get up, you face this wind. You can't see it per se, but it's there. It's the wind of what the Bible calls a world system. And that world system is hostile to the ways of God, to the will of God, hostile even to God himself. And the wind of the world will blow in your direction and try to knock you off course and send you sideways. And that's why every morning before my feet hit the ground, I have to ask God, God, by your grace, I've made up my mind. I'm not going to live by my preferences. I'm going to live by my convictions. And by the grace of God, I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. I will not be conformed to the image of this world, but I will be renewed by the, well, the renewing of my mind. Amen. Transformed by the renewing of my mind. That the winds 
of the world system can blow, but they're not going to send me sideways. If anything, they're going to send me forward. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 16, 13, it says, stand true to what you believe. Be courageous. Be strong. In this one film, there's a, a lady. I love this lady. Tom Hanks plays a criminal who is a thief, and he's trying to get this lady to compromise. The winds are blowing, but watch what happens. Well, I can't hardly see the harm in it. I'm sorry. Excuse me? I'm sorry, it's wrong. And don't you be leading me into temptation. No, no, no madam, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just plain wrong. Stealing. M- madam. I know your intentions was good. No, they weren't. And I won't call the police if you get back the money and y'all go to church with me next Sunday. And engage in divine worship. I made up my mind. Now, you can double talk all you want. It's church or the county jail. Think it over. Oh, I love that lady. I've made up my mind. I've made up my mind. Say that with me. I've made up my mind. Whichever way the wind blows this year, well, I'm not going to let it send me back. I'm going to have it sail me forward. And that brings us to the next thing we see in, in Daniel's story, and that's that Daniel makes up his mind when it comes to solutions and decides to be creative it's a, it's a powerful thing that we see happening with Daniel. And I want you to follow this because God may speak to you through this part of the story. So Daniel has this problem and he's not sure what to do. But then he approaches his supervisor about the problem and he says, Sir, I'd like to use my diet for training camp. It's called the Daniel plan. And... His supervisor likes Daniel. He really does, but he doesn't like the idea because if Daniel goes on the diet and ends up as the runt of the training camp, here's what he says to Daniel. He says, the king will behead me for neglecting my responsibilities. So Daniel, let's keep our heads down so we can keep our heads on. And what does Daniel do next? Daniel doesn't surrender to the problem. He doesn't run away from the problem. Instead, he comes up with a creative solution to the problem. He says, please test us. Please. Say that with me. Does anybody say please anymore? This is an age of outrage. Throw your food against the wall, Daniel. Daniel says, please. He talks to his supervisor with civility and with respect, with firmness. He has conviction, but he says, please, there's humility. Please test us for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat. Let's go vegan and give us only water to drink. Then compare us with the young men who eat the king's food and see how we look. 
See how it goes. See for yourself. And if it works out, you get what you want. We get what we want. And it's a double win. When we're talking with somebody about solving a problem, that's always a great thing to shoot for. Instead of trying to make it a win-lose proposition, I win and you lose, or you lose and I win, it's always great when we can come up with an idea where there's a double win. If this works, you win and I win to the glory of God. Amen? That is a good way to approach a problem. And they make a deal. And what happens next? Daniel doesn't look as good as the other men. Instead, he looks better. The Bible says, well, at the end of the 10 days, Daniel and his three friends looked healthier. And that creative solution propelled Daniel into his future. I want everybody to lock in here for a moment because I believe, I really do believe that this is for someone, maybe more than one, but that you are one creative solution away. When you run into a problem, don't run away from the problem. Don't surrender to the problem. We serve a God, a creative God, who can give us divine ideas on how we can move forward. And I believe that someone here, your one idea, your one creative idea away from being propelled into your future by the grace of God. Be open to creative solutions this year. As you're facing the winds of adversity and challenges. God, give me solutions that can help us to, to move forward and further your purpose. I think about the place we sit in right now. The Cathedral of Faith. Many of you know the story of this building. How when we were constructing this building, we ran out of money. And the building sat for eight months. We didn't do anything for eight months months. It was the longest eight months of my dad's life. But at the, you also know that during that time, eventually God gave dad, my dad a word. And the word was this, Kenny Foreman, frustrations are not final. Mistakes are not fatal. And delays are not what? Denial. Delays are not denials. And then God gave my dad an idea, a creative idea, an idea that took a lot of courage. It was an idea about his home. When we first moved from Kansas City to San Jose, we lived in an apartment that was right down the street here on Kirtner Avenue. It's still there. And then eventually we moved into a home around the corner. And that home, when we bought it, I think it was something like the outrageous price of $20,000. Can you believe that? <laughs> Bay Area real estate. And over the course of 10 or 15 years, that property had gone up in value. Have you noticed how that happens in the Bay Area? It went up in value, and God gave my dad this idea. He said, Kenny Foreman, take a loan on the equity in your home and give it to the building fund 
so it can get construction started again. And that's what my dad did. He took a $100,000 loan against the equity that had grown in the home, and he gave it to the building fund. And when he did, another family in the church did the same thing. And then another family in the church sold a business and gave it to the building fund. Construction got started again, and by the grace of God, we are here today because of a faithful God, a creative idea, and people who are courageous to follow it. Amen. Let's give God praise. Hallelujah. Amen. I've made up my mind. Say it with me. I've made up my mind. When I run into a problem, I'm not going to surrender to it. I'm not going to run away from it. I'm not going to let that problem defeat me. I'm going to believe that by the grace of God, God can give us a solution to the challenges that we're facing. And here's the last thing I want you to think about in Daniel's story that, well, he's going to determine which way he sets the sail. And he determines he's not going to stand alone. Instead, he's going to stand together. And this is so critical, especially at this time. I saw this one drawing of a, a lady, and she's at work, and she says, check my email, I check my Facebook, I check my Twitter and Pinterest, ready to start my day. Oh, look, it's lunchtime. <laughs> and, and we know, it's amazing, the world we live in, technology, it really is amazing. I, I've got, you know, with Twitter and with Facebook and with texting. I mean, we are more connected today technologically than we've ever been, ever in history. I have this one app on my phone. It's called WhatsApp. And with that app, I can contact people on the other side of the world. Can you believe that? I don't know how to use it. Let me just say that. But I have it on my phone in case one day I need it. And if I ever need it, I will call up my nine-year-old grandson so he can show me how to use it because he knows how. And yet, here's the kicker. We are more connected technologically than ever before, but psychologists say we are more alienated and lonely in America than ever before. They say that around 50% of Americans suffer with some level of chronic loneliness. That the number one fear young people have is loneliness. Studies have shown that loneliness, chronic loneliness, can be as damaging to your health as smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. A day. More connected technologically and more isolated socially. And maybe that's where you're at this weekend. And it takes real courage. Maybe God brought you here so I can give you a pastoral nudge and say, this is the year 2020. This is the year to get out from behind the computer and to put yourself out there in such a way where you can build a little band of brothers around you or a little sorority of sisters around you, that God can give you the courage 
to take that kind of step and to move against the wind of loneliness and break through. And all God's people said, amen. Let's give God praise. I believe that's what God wants for us this year. You're going to be hearing about all kinds of things we're rolling out here at Cathedral. But if you're looking, one of the best ways I know to put yourself out there is to get involved in serving here at Cathedral of Faith. To either call or go to one of the guest centers after or go to the church website or talk to Pastor Shelley after service or Jolie after service. You know, talk to them about how that you can get involved because here's what happens when you begin to serve with other people. You may talk to them and you may pray with them and you may laugh with them. You may even cry with them. And you went into serving as a one-man band, but you leave serving with your band of brothers or your sorority of sisters. It takes courage to take that kind of step. But when we break out of loneliness and we establish that band of brothers, a sorority of sisters in our lives, that's what helps us to stay strong in our faith. Do you know how old Daniel was? Guess how old Daniel was when he went from Babylon to Jerusalem as a prisoner of war. He was 15. He would never see his parents again. 15 years old. And they put him in a university environment that would make our secular colleges look like seminaries. And yet, Daniel excels at school, finishes at the top of his class, and holds on to his faith. You can excel at school and hold on to your faith. Let me say that again. You can excel at school and hold on to your faith. You can excel at work and stay strong in your faith. You can excel in athletics and stay strong in your faith. You can excel in entertainment and stay strong in your faith. And here is the key. In Daniel chapter 1, verse 15, we read, well, at the end of the 10 days, Daniel and his three friends, a band of brothers, a sorority of sisters, I'm giving you a pastoral nudge. This is how we stay strong in our faith. We make up our minds. We will not do life on our own. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Let's give God praise. Amen. Hallelujah. I've made up my mind. Say that with me. I've made up my mind. Let me give you one more picture and courage as Seti gets ready to sing. What's God speaking to you about? Are you facing a problem, a challenge, and you need a solution? Are you feeling lonely and you need to put yourself out there this year to develop a little band of brothers or sorority of sisters? Are there convictions that are being challenged right now and you're having to determine, well, is that something, well, it's a preference, or is this a conviction, a real conviction? that I live by, even in the face of the winds of the world system. You know, there, there was a guest we had several years ago at the church. His name was Jim Caviezel. He played the part of Jesus in the Passion of the Christ. 
How many saw The Passion of the Christ? Can we give God praise? That was an amazing movie. Amen. And Jim was our guest a couple of times here at the church. And on a side note, let me say that right now, they're in the process of writing the sequel, the rest of the story. They're working on the resurrection. It could come out in the next two or three years. So they want us to keep praying for that. Amen. But Jim, the second time, he was with us once and with us again. And the second time, we had the chance to go out to dinner. And after dinner, he was going to come over our house. Jesus was coming to our house. (laughs) And so Elisa wanted to make sure the house was perfect. And if Elisa, if the house is perfect, it is perfect. And so she had everything just so she had her special peach cobbler made. She had her four-layer chocolate cake made. I mean, we were ready. Jesus was coming back, and we were ready. Amen. (laughs) Or so we thought. Can you imagine the horror we felt? When we drove to the house, I went to open the door, and it was locked. Every door on our house was locked, every window was locked, and we had no keys. We were locked out of our house. We couldn't get in. It had never happened before. It's never happened since. But on the night Jesus came to visit our house, there was no room at the end. Don't you hate when that happens? But Jim was great, and and we still had a good time. Later on that night, he told me a story that I will never, ever forget. It just stayed with me. And he told me that after the passion, work dried up. Nobody wanted to touch him after he played the part of Jesus in the passion. And then one day, he's out on the golf course, and he gets a call from his agent. And the agent said, hey... Someone is offering you a part, and they'll give you $10 million to play the part. $10 million. Now, if you're in the entertainment industry, maybe like the industry you're in, it gets complicated navigating your convictions in the midst of a very complicated world system. And as an actor, what parts do I play? How do I play those parts? What stories will I be involved in telling? There's a lot of things that go on to how they live out their convictions and their faith in the entertainment world. They offered him $10 million to play the part, and he turned it down. And this is why. They were asking him to play a part that presented evil as good. And he said, I'll play an evil part if it presents it as evil. But I won't play an evil part when they present that evil part to be good. And he turned it down. He told me, Ken, they could have offered me $100 million. And I would not have taken that part because it would have undermined everything that I had done in the passion. That is what courage looks like. Amen. Yeah, that's a good place to praise God. Standing strong, being courageous. 
I've made up my mind. Say that with me. I've made up my mind. Bow your heads for just a moment. As said, he comes and gets ready to sing courage over us. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the story of Daniel. And I pray, Father, I pray for, for your people that, God, today you would help all of us to leave here inspired by your spirit, ready to live courageously, whether it's in facing problems, whether it's in living by our convictions in the midst of a world system, whether it's the courage to, to get out of the loneliness and from behind the computer, put myself out there to build that band of brothers, the sorority of sisters, same spiritual page, going in the same direction. God, lead us, guide us, direct us. This year, we've made up our minds. By the grace of God, we will be courageous. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Let's give God praise, amen. Seti, come on out and sing. Boy, and I encourage you just to, well, as Seti sings, lift up your spirit and declare that this is the year that will be courageous.
Say it with me. I've made up my mind. This is our year to be courageous. It's our year to roar. 